uh, we, we need to start using some of this newfound versatility just to make it worthwhile. Yeah. We need more sound effects, more Foley. Oh, sound yeah. effects. Maybe maybe seven or eight more presenters just to really, <laughs> really get get this to be worthwhile. Think, are we going to be able to find seven or eight more people to talk yeah. about this with us, you think? No. No, I don't no. think so either. Let's just watch these cartoons let's, alone. Yeah, let's do that. Welcome back to the Space Jam Continuum, the show where we try to make a cohesive cinematic universe out of something that was never meant to be one. I'm Chris McLennan. I'm Carl Noble. And uh, it's only been two days since we recorded the last one. Uh, it, it has, but I'm ready. Well, that's good. That's like, good I'm, to know. I'm prepped and ready and, you know, I think it's going to be a good episode. Wait, second, last you episode, prepped? Well, you know, I, I set the microphones up earlier. I've had a couple of cups of tea. Um, I've okay. eaten some food. That's good. That's the kind of preparation I can get on board with. I, I thought you betrayed the whole cause. What, you thought I'd like... Looked at them beforehand. <laughs> I've prepped. No way. <laughs> nah, I ain't gonna do a thing like that. You're, you're a good. Like, I haven't even watched Space Jam since I was like, I'm gonna say, thirteen. Go on then. I'm thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we watched Buckaroo Bugs last time. Yes. Learned about the fate of Red Hot Rider, uh, yeah. who you know turns became out to be Willoughby. Willoughby. Yeah. Uh, well, I presume Red Hot Rider was was not his actual name. I presume his name's Willoughby. You can only imagine so, unless but he's uh, unless Red he's taken Hot Rider that name. Was his street name in 1864? It didn't look like he was on the streets. It was more like well, I don't know what they called it. Back name, yeah, his his Badlands name. Yeah, that's it. That, that's it. That makes it sound name. That makes it sound his Badlands name. Uh, so we're going to skip the next one because it's called Goldilocks and the Jiving Bears, and it's uh, one of the censored eleven. I was slightly amused by the fact that this is the it was the first Merry Melodies cartoon produced by uh, Eddie Seltzer. Yeah, uh, he came straight in with he, his yeah. his debut censored straight immediately. I mean, I don't think it was censored immediately, but you know, for, for your first cartoon to be censored and put in yeah. of, of one of the worst eleven cartoons that Mary Melders and Looney Tunes have ever produced, <laughs> and we've racism. watched some horrible shit. Yeah, and they they've just went, "Yep, that's one of them." And there's <laughs> hundreds of choices that they could yeah. have made. That's uh, one of the eleven. You'll be disappointed to learn that the one we are watching uh, is also produced by Eddie Seltzer. Yeah. So I presume this is going to be high in the running for worst one we've ever watched. Although I can't see from the name how it would be. No. Uh, but I can see from a character how it might be. Yes. Uh, it's called Plain, Plain Daffy. Yep. It's got Daffy Duck. Yep. And a character called Hatamari. Yeah. How are you feeling about that from the... Well, From it's, the it's, debutant uh, who brought you Goldilocks <laughs> and the Jiving Bears. How you feel about that going in? Daffy Sli- Duck and Hatamari. Slightly worried because the thing is, is Hatamari is a named character, which means we're going to come across that character again. Oh, holy shit. You're, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. Mm. Yep. Well, let's get it over with. Let's just go look let's at watch it. Plain Daffy from September 16th, 1944. <laughs> that wasn't as bad as i thought no uh, uh I, I thought that was going to be much worse maybe maybe uh eddie seltzer got <laughs> a harsh reprimand, reprimand. yeah yeah possibly because like that was 
that was just a like a propaganda piece a military propaganda piece really um like there was the, the the presenter narrator narrator i think he was just doing a, a poem throughout the whole thing yeah it was nice it was, it was sort of in verse yeah was, like classy yeah, yeah it was it was it was pretty good um so it's basically just like atamari is a femme fatale yeah she's she's not very subtle with no. her swastika earrings and her swastika choker yeah. and her swastika shoes and her thick german accent <laughs> so she so she basically intercepts the homing pigeons who are delivering military secrets about the place lures them in seduces them steals the secrets and then offers them a gun to commit suicide when they realize what they've done yeah it seems to be i mean it looks like a revolver but it does seem to be some sort of automatic weapon yeah so an automatic pistol maybe some sort of german secret weapon who knows um but then they decide okay well none of the homing pigeons are getting through so we need to send somebody who doesn't care about this lady has no interest and Daffy Duck turns up as the squadron woman hater. Yeah, he gets all the good jobs, does Daffy. Yeah. But he's still in military service. That's that's something to note. Like, he's yes. not, he, like he's still firmly in military service. Yeah, he's, he's, he did he's, a brief stint trying to repair the, you know, the, the reputation of Porky Pig. Yeah. But that was his closest. But he, did, he owed them one after wrecking that hotel. Oh, he did. So he did. Now he's just back to regular service yeah do, like, like doing his bit for the country um yeah but so he, he he goes out with his uh military secret and flies you know across well he tries to get across the mountains and apparently this femfatal lives across the road from yeah in like a house with a heart on the door yeah and it's all that's actually been happening like they've not been crashing and getting captured they've just been on their way past yeah she's stuck a leg out she's stuck a leg out the door they've went oh a leg and then straight in there yeah that's it and even daffy succumbed to that he did he did but, um but he did seem very terrified once he got in there and she started you know trying to well i mean she wasn't even trying to seduce him no not really she just went straight in just yeah she was straight in for the kisses and you know all of that and he but he was almost magnetically repelled yeah like, but the when closer she, she got the further away he got yeah but he when she managed to plant a kiss on him he sort of got all frazzled electrocute then melted yeah uh and then she went into his bag but then he unmelted and was like give me that and yeah. then there was a bit of a chase around as you do yeah um and then when she finally gets him and kiss him again, he electrocutes her. Yes. And then he literally says, oh, something new's being added, which like means he's very aware when he gets new powers. Yeah, because I, I mean, like, it was obviously something that happened to him. Maybe he's like rogue out of X-Men. Maybe once a power is used on him, he yeah, then has he the has ability it. to use it, whether or not for it's a for a finite... Well, that's it, because like with Rogue, if she killed somebody while she was touching them taking their power that's it she had it for good yeah whereas if she only touched them she got it for a bit yeah so i mean we don't know but where she sort of drained their life force a bit yeah right? so but we don't know where daffy lies on that like is he once he's experienced the power does he then just have it or yeah, be... does he have to kill to get it i'll be interested to see because daffy is one of the few we haven't actually seen successfully kill someone i think yeah but it, it does make you wonder where he got all of his other tomb powers from whether or not his only tomb power is the ability to take tomb powers. This has been fairly consistent, though. It has. Like, from the start. Yeah. And maybe he got them when he was a non-sentient duck before he passed his trouser test. Possibly. So, like, 
he couldn't really be held accountable for his actions. He was an animal. Yeah, yeah. He had no idea what he was doing. But that that is interesting that he it would seem he has the ability to take powers, even if it is just for a finite amount of time. Yeah. Uh, we also discovered, because at one point he hides in the fridge, yeah. and she opens the fridge, and he goes, what do you know? The little light, it stays on. Yeah. So, so Apparently in the Tooniverse, the light always stays on when yeah. you close the door. They're not... But then, again, you know, are we still in... I guess we can't be in absurd monkey government stages anymore. I wouldn't have thought I'd, I'd, I'd imagine now we've probably switched over to something different because it, it's wartime, so you can't just have rampant spending of money. But you can still just keep the lecky on via little fridge light all the time. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you, you, I, I suppose with the ability to have sentient things in your fridge... They probably want the light on. Yeah, it's true. We've seen sentient cheese and things like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Like, so, so it's very possible that ha- like fridges are now just houses for sentient food. Yeah. So maybe they maybe they chip in. Like, like, like maybe they pay for the electricity to keep it on while the door's shut. Other things we discovered were uh, Goering and Goebbels have spent way too long in the universe. Yeah. Like Hitler still looks like Hitler. And yeah. Goering still looks like Goering. Yeah, but... Goebbels, he's green now. Y- yeah, I think he's spent just a bit too long. And now he's getting envious. But it's interesting to see that, like, they, there's been enough actual military movement in the Tooniverse for them to actually form squadrons and things. Yes. And that, yeah, Goebbels, at least, has been operating there for quite some time. Like, I think Hitler's, like, recently he's turned up in person. Yeah. But occasionally i mean he's not he's not a great military leader no but uh, goebbels has been there for a while yeah well you like he must have been because like he's turned green he's he looks he's getting more and more tune so it would seem that like if you're a human you spend too much either that or he's been experimenting to make himself more tune yeah i mean like the nazis did have you know a a penchant for the occult they did and uh i mean that probably explains why they've got you know probably more control over the the portal than the agency has i mean they have their own portal we've been presuming yes yeah like um they seem to have control over it because they seem to be able to just pop in and do whatever whenever whereas the agency still seems to be relying on the the very observational yes sort of let's just document this sort of vibe apart from when very specific events occur and they have to intervene yeah it's like they've got some sort of prime directive and hitler doesn't give a shit about it no but I mean, and Goebbels definitely doesn't give a shit. But he wouldn't, would he? He's not just summering in the Tooniverse. He's no, he's he's gone full tune. Yeah, uh, and like I say, he's, I think he's probably been trying to experiment in a way of making himself more and more tune-like, with pro- probably the uh, anticipation of gaining some pretty good tune powers. Yeah, at a thought. Uh, is there anything else? Because I think the next one has the potential to be quite interesting because it's a character we've always thought was in Europe. Yeah. So it might be interesting to see what the world of Sniffles has to say about... That's a good point. The turning up of Gator and Goebbels and Goering. (laughs) Well, I think we should move move on to that, because, yeah, I I think with uh, the playing Daffy, uh, I've covered pretty much as much as I wanted to, I think. Yeah, I think Some good stuff was there, but... Let's move on, then. Let's uh, watch Lost and Founding. From September 30th, 1944. It's a sniffles number. Let's give it a go. (laughs) 
he's taken a turn for the worse. Oh, he has. He's oh, he's lost it. All the, all this years of alcohol abuse. Oh, it's not done well. Luckily, presumably in sort of a week long stint of sobriety. Yeah. Sniffles wrote himself some self-help books yeah. for reference because he knew this was going to happen to him. Yeah, he was going to he was just going to lose his mind and he's just Because he has. He's slowed right down. Yeah. And yeah, it's just he's become very self-centered. He's got a picture of him in nice clothes on the wall. Yeah. He's got bookends of himself. I do like them though. They're pretty cool. And he is the reference mouse every time it comes up in a book that he's written. Yeah. I mean, like earlier on he was uh there was a book which was good mousekeeping. Yeah. I've got a feeling that... I think that's more of a magazine. Yeah, but I think he's probably used to write for that magazine. Like, in his younger a, days. Do you think when he lost that job... Yeah, that I, was th- when I, th- it I all think went that's when he went off the rails. I think he was borderline alcoholic at that time. Yeah. Now, you know, he was, he was using the alcohol to kind of get him through, like, the tough weeks. And then when they laid him off because of it, uh, that's it. He, he just went... He just lost it. Yeah. He just went full deep into the into the uh, drinking. But yeah, anyway, by a sort of veritable Rube Goldberg machine of happenstance, an egg winds up falling from a hawk's nest, yeah, like down, like off a cliff, down a tree, a- along a road, off uh, a bridge, a river. across a river, yeah. on logs, and into the home of Sniffles. Yeah, he now um, lives underground on a cliff. Yeah. Well, quite a long way from the cliff, I imagine. It was a long, it was. long stream of events that led that egg to get there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he wakes up to this foreign object in his bed and immediately has to go and check two <laughs> mice lay eggs in a book. What's interesting is like, he's probably written this book. Yeah, I reckon so. So at some point he's went, oh, at some point I'm going to think I've laid an egg. I should write down that mice don't lay eggs. Yeah, but he wasn't bright before, but he has learned. And like, yeah. so he's just re- he's just at some point written down everything that he's learned. Yeah, yeah, I suppose that's it. Because it, it, he knows he's going to unlearn it pretty sharply. <laughs> like that time he robbed that owl of an egg and then completely forgot and robbed his it, friend the owl of the egg again. <laughs> yeah, that did happen. Like, you know, he, he knows. He knows he's got a habit of forgetting these things. Yeah. But like, like, it was good that the egg hatches and Sniffles immediately um, takes to raising the chick. Yeah. Like, Thinking oddly, it was he a chicken. Has, yeah, he thinks all birds are a chicken. Yeah. Um, but he's got diapers in the wardrobe and he's got like rose powder. Yeah, baby powder stuff. Like, I mean, at first I thought, oh, maybe that's, maybe that's just the box he's used as a table. But then having the diapers in the cupboard, that was a bit odd. Yes, yeah, I think he's done this before. Uh, it's it's very possible. <laughs> not necessarily with a hawk. And not necessarily on purpose. Just anything smaller than him that arrives. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'll take care of this. But it goes on for a year. So, like, w- like we get kind of a, a montage um, of him giving this, uh, giving this small bird a shoulder carry. And it starts off in the spring, and then it does it again, and the hawk's getting bigger, and it's summertime, and then it goes into autumn, and then winter, and it just gets bigger every time. So, at wintertime... The, it's a full-on hawk. Yeah, by it's that a full-on hawk. They end up back down in their house, and Sniffles goes, "Oh, you're a bit big for a chicken. I don't think you're an ordinary chicken. Uh, Let's look at the book." Yeah, and it's it's what I like about it. It's the book. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty much his one book. But he opens it up, looks at it, finds the picture, and it says hawk. He's like, "Oh, you're you're a you're a hawk, not a chicken." And 
in there, he's obviously written down that a good food for hawks is a rodent. And there's a picture of him as the rodent. Yeah. And now we get into the situation I think that's of... in case you forgot what a rodent was. Yeah, possibly. He goes, any, any category that he fits into, he just draws himself yeah, next to the Yeah, because it's easier. But then we end up in the, uh, in the situation that we spoke about uh, a couple of weeks back of my good human friend Ron, where the hawk immediately goes, oh, I eat... I eat rodents, do I? Okay. And immediately tries to eat... Um, tries to eat sniffles. Yeah. But he's just, oh, your food brilliant yeah but it's not the first time we've seen animals informed entirely about their nature by a book and then immediately there was claude claude the cat that's how yeah that's true about cats and dogs and mice and birds yeah so it was he wishes he hadn't learned about birds now i think so but yeah it was it was got very sinister all of a sudden because they still remained living together sniffles didn't kick him out yeah it was was very strange oh let's Let's just go to bed, shall we? And the hawk goes to bed and pretends to be asleep. Sniffles goes to bed with a giant pin. Yeah. To, I'm guessing, stab the And then the he hawk. starts reading... Oh, he has seven cups of coffee. Yeah. Much like in the, uh, in the one Christmas yeah, episode. Yeah, we've, we've seen him try and stay awake. It doesn't work well. Uh, and then he starts reading a book called Wake Up and Live, which I presume is a, a self-help book he's written for himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the bird swaps it out with good mouse keeping in a picture of a bed lies sniffles like little deck chair down yeah and then makes a sandwich that looks like a bed and sniffles immediately acquiesces and hops in (laughs) and the hawk's about to eat him but then he remembers all the good times they've had and he just puts sniffles to bed and then the hawk looks in the book and it says that there's a special type of hawk that doesn't eat rodents and it could be identified by a red spot under its wing he paints a red spot under his wing and him and sniffles just go on as if Nothing's the problem. Now, I don't know whether that is later intent to eat sniffles or whether he's just going to maintain that it's all fine and they're just going to have a lovely time. Yeah, I, th- I think probably what's going to happen is the the hawk's going to just grow to the point where it's going to leave the nest. And I think it's probably just going to leave. Because, like, I mean, it could, I suppose, be luring him into a false sense of security and then just going to chow down on him later. But I don't think that's how sniffles is going to end. No, I don't think so. Uh, but it doesn't really answer very much. Oh, Sniffles has no idea there's a war on. Oh, no, well, no, but there again, he is just living in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But... Like, like there was a road. I mean, there was trucks going over the road. And he doesn't the have road. the radio, I guess, and he doesn't have any publications he hasn't written himself. I, I, either that or he does know there's a war going on, but he forgot. He has a post box, so... He, uh, he has got a post box, but... But then he doesn't have Who's going to send him bookworm. post? What about Bookworm? Bookworm could. I think Bookworm probably helped him write the books. But... I reckon him and Bookworm have had a bit of a falling out by now. I, I admit, like maybe Bookworm just couldn't either one keep up with the alcohol, or just didn't want to see his friend go down that road, and was like, "Look, if if you can't stop, then we just can't be friends." Yeah, I think that's probably it. Yeah. That's probably the deal. Because Bookworm and I was sensible. That's probably what triggered the week of sobriety in which he wrote all these self-help books for himself. Yeah, but it didn't work out. He got back on the source. He sharpish. got he got right on it. But yeah, I mean, to be honest, there wasn't that many questions there, and no. therefore not many answers. No, it was entertaining enough, good to catch up with Sniffles, but not much answered. No. Now, I have a feeling the next one is a classic. I, for some reason, I, I recognise the name of the episode, the old grey hair. Yeah, I, I recognise it as well. I mean, the thing is, it is a Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd. So, you know, they were, they, they, they were normally classics. 
It is apparently on the Looney Tunes Platinum Collection Volume One, Disc One. Whoa! I wonder if it was Episode so One. Maybe it. Maybe it is. Quite yeah. the classic. Yeah. But let's check it out. It's a Bugs and Elmer number. The old grey hair from October twenty eighth, nineteen forty four. Well, that was an insight into the year 2000. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if it is. No, I'm not sure if it is. I think it's all horse. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking that the situation we've got here is a bit sort of um, Charles Dickens Scrooge-esque. He's been shown a potential future. Yes, because... Like we were shown the year two thousand, and in it um, there was old Elmer, and he was he was old. Now we know that in Space Jam he's not. Yeah, and that's nineteen ninety six, ninety seven. Yeah, so it, he hasn't aged that dramatically in three four years. I don't think. Um, in it, we're also shown an old Bugs. Now, Bugs is quite an, a, an easy one for us to kind of explain away with him being, you know, a Toon Lord. It could just be Bugs from a long, long distant future. Yeah, so I think I think the voice of the... So basically, it starts with Elmer sort of crying that he can't catch that pesky wabbit. And then a voice from the sky uh, basically goes, uh, oh, Come on, Elmer. If you at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Uh, and then it gives him uh, an insight into the future. Yeah. And it skips him through 1950, 60, 70, 80, 90, all the way to the year 2000. Um, and he's there, he's got a sort of space ray. Uh, yep. Bugs is really old. And, like, for the most part, they have a, they, they go for a little bit of a, you know, standard Elmer Bugs situation. Yeah. Uh, but Elmer, yeah, Elmer hits Bugs. And Bugs is like, oh, you got me, as he does. Yeah. Uh, Starts digging himself a grave. I oh, know. First, he first he shows Elmer. Yeah, their gets a photo album, which we'll get back to. Yeah. Like their former life, and then he starts digging himself a grave, and then he says goodbye, old friend. Shakes hand with Elmer, and then like sort of ushers Elmer into the grave, and then yeah. buries him alive. Yeah, again. And then Elmer's like, "Well, at least that rabbit's out of my life forever." And he turns up just to give him a stick of dynamite, then bugger off again. Yeah. Now this this is the the last time we saw bugs he did this to red hot rider yeah and pretty much, much younger exactly the because same this thing. is the oldest bugs we've seen i don't think this was a disguise because when he's disguised himself as an old man before it's just been like a big old beard and a voice but like he like he was visibly sort of yeah. shriveled and like yeah and again like, like, like we can explain that by oh the, this is a this is a, a long distant future bugs that's come back but yeah why would he come back to do that so like but then has he has he come back like has he I mean, has he dressed Elmer up as old and, like, set this whole thing up? What, in the year 2000, though? No, like, at the year it is. Like, Oh, right, so, so you think he's, he's, he's set everything up because and he's just... Because the ray, the ray gun, for instance, is Buck Rogers branded. Yeah, that's true. Like, you know, like, that's not coming in the year 2000. No, no, it's not. It's coming in 1944. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of an order, but the thing is, like, if he's... If he's doing it to, um, you know, if it's like long distance future, future bugs has come back to do this to Elmer, what purpose? Like, what what is he trying? Is he is he just trying to give Elmer hope? I don't know. I mean, the other aspect is what was in the scrapbook, which flash back to like when they were when Elmer was apparently three and a half. Yeah, and we know this didn't happen. 
no, this didn't happen. It might have been three and a half months, but anyway, it was like it was it was a baby Elmer, yeah. baby bugs, uh, you know, chasing each other about as they do. Uh, they have a little nap time in the middle, but like yeah. they're just mates. Like Bugs just lives next door. Yeah, and we know this didn't happen because we know Elmer was an egghead. We we do know that, and... but Elmer doesn't seem to know. No, but that, well, that's it. Because then like, Elmer's been very easily convinced of things before. Yeah, I, I, I think Elmer's transformation. Um, you know, it didn't it didn't leave him with much memory. And let, like maybe he's like a replicant, and yeah, maybe I was they say, just put memories in to make Bugs him feel is more like gaff. He's like leaving origami u- unicorns around the place. Yeah, <laughs> I think, and that's a probably stick men. Yeah, I think this is maybe why Elmer is so ready to believe that he has had he has always been a human. So, do you think Bugs's aim is to, without directly saying it, try and make Elmer realise that he he's not a human? I that always he's trying to convince him that he is. Because, because, like, why show him a book of him as a as a child if you're not trying to convince him that he's had a childhood? Yeah, I mean, so do you think Bugs' whole aim is just to convince Elmer that he's a human? A human? Well, I'm I'm thinking, uh, you know, something possibly in the future is going to happen to Elmer to make him question his humanity, and Bugs has to try and implement memories to go look no you are human you've had a childhood so why does bugs need him to believe that maybe he needs alma for something and it's fallen to it's fallen to future bugs to sort this out because we've seen him do this before we've seen him come back and sort out problems we've seen do we think there's going to be an episode at some point well maybe i mean maybe it's maybe it's space jam yeah that's that that, that, that's exactly what i was thinking because like that absolutely is everyone just puts their differences aside yeah for the greater good, and just get on, and and, and, and maybe Elmer maybe just, Bugs goes, just needs everyone on board for yeah. that. And but the, like in one timeline, possibly Elmer just goes, he figures out he's like, no, no, like, like I'm an egghead. Like why would I want to help you guys out? Why do I want to help out the humans? And yeah. just doesn't. So Bugs has to come back to implant false memories. Because the last of these things is when Bugs presumably visits Bill Murray to say we need Michael Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> he realizes that you know what he's got together still isn't enough. <laughs> but it's but it's odd that we're seeing like We can't talk about it. So. No. But, but it's odd that we're seeing old bugs do this and not kind of space jam bugs. Yeah, but I think I think Elmer's one of the ones he'd realize he needs last. Yeah. Cuz Elmer's never really proven himself particularly able. No. No. And possibly like like like, like to pull the gaff off. Like to, to to pull off the convincing memory, Bugs had to be old, yeah, to do it. Maybe now he just in wasn't showing ready him this, Jam. like the future, yeah. Like, do you think Bugs has a way of manipulating the portal, like looping it back on itself? So, like, you can see from a portal in the Tooniverse, future Tooniverse, because we've always presumed this is possible. Yes, um, and that people can time travel by basically exiting the portal in, uh, like, what is essentially to us a period piece, yeah, yeah, and then jumping back in in a contemporary piece, yeah. Um, so at some point I've got to believe that like putting two mirrors opposite each other at some point the portal they have in the States and maybe one of the ports, portals the Nazi ha- Nazis have are put opposite each other and ah, activated right. simultaneously to different parts of the Tooniverse such that one can see the other oh that's interesting yeah that is interesting yeah 
I feel oh. I I feel a uh, Looney Tunes movie coming on Warner Brothers. You're <laughs> fucking welcome. <laughs> Uh, maybe this is how we're going to fill up the porky piggy bank yeah, maybe. <laughs> speaking of which yeah should we go let's go and have a fruitless look in it yeah let's it's full it's millions Magic. of warner brothers dollars for our hit Feature film coming this fall. Yeah, it's it's a shame it's made of a. Yeah, it didn't it didn't happen. It didn't happen. It's still well, it hasn't happened yet. It's but it has been. been around seventeen seconds since I pitched the idea via the <laughs> medium yeah. of a podcast, which they're probably not <laughs> they're listening probably to. not listening to because I imagine we'd have had a cease and desist by now. <laughs> if they were. Yeah, do you guys mind not doing this? <laughs> <laughs> um. So, first up, uh, thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Uh, it's nice to know we're not alone in this endeavour. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, thank you for all your support so far. But uh, over at Kaiju, we could ask you for maybe a little bit more. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, not a lot, though. It's just uh, Rob over at Kaiju, he does a lot for us. He does. But the uh, biggest thing currently is he keeps us in hosting. Uh, yeah. we, we don't have to pay for that, but, nope. but Rob does. It does, and it helps helps you guys listen to us. Absolutely. Because otherwise otherwise, you wouldn't be able to. Yeah, because we're quite loud. Yeah, we're not not that that loud. loud. No. Um, So uh, there's a support page over at kaiju.fm, and if you click on that, it'll take you to a Patreon bit, and for as little as a dollar a month, you can really help us out. That's 25 cents an episode if you only listen to us, and uh, it would really be hugely appreciated. Yeah. Um, Other than that, uh, you could give us a review on iTunes. That helps massively. Like, yeah. Ra- like, like, like ratings, ev- everything. Everything makes such just, a big difference. just helps us. Like helps the visibility of the podcast yep. and helps us. Um, yeah, uh, get get the word out. Yeah. Otherwise, do exactly that. Get the word out. Yeah. Start start telling people. Walk down your street with a trumpet and maybe a one man band and just proclaim your love for the Space Jam continuum. Yeah. Just yell about it. Yeah. Get get it um, tattooed on your forehead. Yeah. Don't do that. Ah. No, no, I, no! I'm, don't. I'm no, going back right. on that idea. Yeah, okay. The, the one-man band thing, though. That that's yeah, a do good that. One. That's good. That would yeah. just be fun for you, anyway. Exactly. Learn to beatbox and make us a song. Oh, please! And then send it in. Yeah. Uh, there's one last thing you can do, which would be great. Go on then. Uh, we're putting on a live show. Yeah, we are. On the 13th of June at the yep. Pavilion in Reading, which is like a converted like 1920s cinema. Uh, we're putting on a live screening of Who Framed Roger Rabbit to celebrate our. First birthday as a podcast, Yay. and we'll be doing a live episode after that. So uh, that's going to cost three pounds. And uh, if you go to kaiju.fm slash live, you can go and buy tickets for that. Um, uh, yeah, they're three pounds. That's that's good, dirt cheap cinema. It's, that, like you, you, you can't see Who Framed Roger Rabbit at the cinema anywhere at yeah. the moment, let alone for three quid. Yeah. And it would just be nice to see a bunch of you and get you involved in the discussion. Because yeah, you, you can meet us, shake uh, our hand, talk to us. Or do none of those things, which is... Sit there and look at like, us. Yeah. That's creepy. They might still do it. Well, I mean, I hope they do. But yeah, uh, so yeah, that's the 13th of June at the Pavilion in Reading. Kaiju.fm slash live. Go and buy a ticket. Do uh, it. Because, yeah, we'd love to see you. We would. Let's get back and to watching some cartoons, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, talk about looking at things. Let's go look at a cartoon. Let's go look at some, <laughs> some cartoons.
Okay then, next up, The Stupid Cupid. Yeah. So Daffy Duck and Elmer number. They haven't been together in a while. No, they haven't. Like, they were they were early nemeses, but he really got overshadowed by bugs. By bugs. Yeah. And with good reason, Bugs is more of a threat. We didn't think that before. No, no. We, we always used thought to think Daffy was, the, was the scariest one. Yeah. And yeah, as we've said a couple of times, Daffy's the only one. Yeah, but I'm thinking think, to like, like, like time-traveling eternal rabbit. That's That's got to mess with your head, is it? Yeah, but Daffy's head's pretty messed up. He is, but the question is, is if Daffy kisses Bugs, is he going to get the time travel ability? Let's find out. It won't be in this one, but let's see if he got something from Elmer. Because we know Elmer has that hypnosis ability. We do. He just hasn't discovered it yet. Ah, Maybe. but he, Elmer's also taken some powers from Bugs as well. He just doesn't yeah, know them all the hip- yet. That was, was that not the hypnosis one? I don't know if it was... Well, but we don't know if it was just that, though. Well, let's find out. Let's see Let's see what happens in The Stupid Cupid, starring Daffy Duck and Elmer Fudd from November 25th, 1944. So, Elmer still gets that catalogue. Yeah, he does. Like- so, uh, for those who haven't been listening from the start, uh, Elmer was once an egghead, which yeah. was a race of... Uh, Basically, sentient eggs uh, with uh, animatronic human bodies, um, which had a very short lifespan. And there was a program to try and give them the best life possible in their short lives. So there's sort of a benefit, sort of government scheme, where they could get all these sort of different experiences. And Elmer was the first egg that hatched into a human. (laughs) Um, Into something. I don't know if he's human. Yeah, like, but like, he's as, he's, yeah. seems as human as any other Toon yeah. human. Um, now, at this point, I think only Bugs seems to know that Elmer wasn't always human. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think I think he knows he was an egg. Um, but Elmer still seems to get the catalogue of all the experiences that he could have because he's Cupid today. Yeah, and like proper Cupid as well. Yeah, like Acne have invented an arrow. Which makes, makes people fall, fall in love. Fall in love with the first thing you see. Um, Has a short lifespan, though, which is good, I guess. Yeah, I guess. But then it, it only needs to, because it's only there for the experience, I yes. imagine. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the fact that Elmer is now... Uh, flying around. Flying around. But he's, but he's not an egghead anymore. He's, he's not. Like, he, he, he's, he's, he's exceeded that lifespan massively. massively. Yeah, which means he probably shouldn't be getting the magazine anymore. Yeah, this anymore. is benefit fraud. Yeah. That's essentially plain what's and simple benefit yeah. fraud, um, but that said, he's he's going around, cutting around, doing his cupid thing. Yeah, he sees Daffy. Daffy is not having any of it. Nope. Uh, he does not because he be doesn't want to lose his job as the squad woman hater. Nope. Um, but Elmer fashions some massive version of the arrow. Yeah, which does the job. Which does the job. I don't know why it being massive helped at all. It's hard to avoid big things. What is the Hellboy thing? I yeah. fire very big bullets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, Daffy falls in love with a chicken. Yeah. So I can't see him keeping his squad woman hater job for very long. Um, he draws the ire of the, the husband. chicken's husband, <laughs> but they uh, sort of they make up over it. It was like, look, it was a mistake. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know what came over me. It was stupid Cupid. And then Daffy's storming out of there, and Elmer hits him again. Daffy's straight back in there, 
the uh, the rooster is uh, kissing the chicken. Yeah. And then Daffy pops up in the middle and starts kissing the chicken. And the rooster's just kissing the back of his head. And that's the end of the episode. What was interesting, though, we didn't see any transfer of powers. Now, I think that's because... The, the chicken didn't have any powers. Well, though. the chicken didn't have any powers. And I don't even think that that chicken was sentient. No, the, it's just a, just regular chicken. The cockerel chicken. was sentient. Yeah, we've seen he was that before, talking. though. Daffy's yeah. first marriage. Yeah. Like, so I, I think... There was no transfer of powers because there was no powers to transfer. So it doesn't work the other way around either. He can't pass powers that way. No, I don't think so. But yeah, he's... I mean, he's he's got family again. That's why he was against it. But I don't know that he does. No, I don't Last think he does. Last time he had a family, it was just a bunch of his mates in hats. Yeah. I, I think I think he, he now has this because his first marriage worked out so badly. He's just like, look, I'm going to use the family thing as and when I need to get out of commitments. Yeah. Which makes him, which is why he serves so well as the squad woman hater. He does, because his last marriage it burnt him until it burnt now. Him strong. So I think we're going to see a bit more Daffy and Elmer rivalry again. Yeah, he's probably not going to be happy that Elmer's done this to him. Yeah, he's going to get him court-martialed. Yeah, and that's not what Daffy wants. You know, he's he's already on the slightly bad end of things. He's had to do some. Yeah, do you think Daffy's up. getting an honourable discharge? I I fucking uh, no. don't. He might get a medical one though. <laughs> no, possibly. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know if there's much more to take from that episode. There was that cat uh, who, like, because it was Hector and a Claude, well, like, Hector and Claude, like, yes, yeah, double team. Um, and Elmer shot the, the bulldog, uh, and the bulldog kissed the cat, and the cat, as we've seen before, because there is still, it would seem, an unwritten law in the Tooniverse that if you've seen everything, you have to kill yourself. Yeah. Because the cat just said, oh, now I've seen everything. And proceeded to shoot himself through all of his lives. Now it it sort of circle faded, well, heart faded, yes, away before we saw at seven. Um, so we can only assume that this cat didn't finish the job because yeah, unless he, he had a real gun, unless he had one of those uh, automatic German revolvers from the previous yeah possibly but the thing is it's like, like like he used a real gun to take his physical life and then there oh, was ghost, ghost guns, guns yeah. which might not have a limit but the thing is is no on-screen death therefore we can't chalk it up and no. it was not a named character we, we, like, no so we, i mean if he died he died and claude listed so no. if he died he died but like we've ne- we've got to get to the bottom of how this law came about yeah, it is. It people is seem weird. to take it very seriously. They do take it very seriously. As soon as you've seen everything, that's it. That's it. You need to you end have it. to commit suicide. So I mean, unless it's maybe uh, you know, oh, the gem in your hands changed color, sort of malarkey. You know, a bit of Logan's Run. Yeah, but I mean, so I mean, is that how you know you've seen everything? Well, it, there's something in your palm. Like it's either or, or to wait because you know, if tunes are essentially immortal. Or if some tunes are essentially immortal, they probably had to come up with a rule. Yeah, I mean, of you've seen everything now, just do your selling. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's not. I guess most of them aren't immortal, but they definitely, you know, they're a hardy bunch. And yeah, but I think I think they're like you know, like Santa Claus, immortal until killed. Yeah, they're immortal, not invincible. Yes. So like, like I'm thinking like elves, but like the whole I've seen every, now I've seen everything. That's. I mean, is it a subjective thing or just an objective thing? Like, do you literally have had to have seen everything? Because none of them would be killing themselves otherwise. We ha- we speculated before that they had to make a list. Yeah. And the more savvy ones would put, like, really unlikely stuff. Yeah. But the nature of infinity just makes it such that even the least likely thing you could put on your list 
like the nature of infinity plus the nature of the universe. Yeah, together, well, that is the universe bit that makes really it like it's it. still probably going to happen. Yeah, and you know it could happen relatively quickly. Yeah. So well, I mean, we'll we'll have to try and get to the bottom of this. But it has cropped up quite a few times. But yeah, apart from that, that episode didn't answer very much. Apart from the fact that Elmer's still like it explains Elmer's not change of character, but like change of mo regularly. Yeah, like he always goes back to his hunter bit. But, like, sometimes Elmer's just something else. And it explains that. He's still got yeah. the catalogue. Yeah, well, that's it. He just goes, oh, that sounds like a fun experience. I'll have a go at that one. He's just hoping no one informs the the monkey government or whoever's in government now. Yeah. Right. Last one, then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting one, actually. This is both the last one for this week's episode and also the last one for 1944. Yeah, we're going to wave goodbye to that. So we'll swing in next week straight into 1945 and straight into a new character. Mm. Uh, but... Right now, we're going to watch Stage Door Cartoon, Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd, from December 30th, 1944. Jesus Christ, it's going to wind up like fucking, uh, what was that time travel film? The, the one where they just make the box time machine and the timeline of it's really fucking confusing. Ah, uh, I can't remember. That's going to annoy me. But is it like that? It's, no, it's going to end up like that. Right. Like, if they keep opening more portals. Yeah, that that ended really strangely. What's it fucking called? I don't know. Because in my brain now, I've got Looper, and it's not Looper. Looper's the one with Bruce Willis. It is, and it's not that. Do you need to take a minute? No, go on. Okay, right, so... What we've got is... Opens on Elmer, and he's... In a fishing, he's got a fishing rod with him, and he's like, "Oh, I bet you think I'm going fishing." Now he says this to us, so he obviously knows the the portal is open on him, and yeah, so he puts a carrot on the fishing rod, throws it down the hole, and then Bugs pops out right behind Elmer, hooks it onto his trousers, and goes, "Ah, oh, I know I'm going to hate myself in the morning for this." Yeah, I mean, I think this part's largely irrelevant. <clears throat> it basically. Like it's the the, yeah. the t- like they get into a chase. They wind up in town. They but wind Bugs up in a theater. does say, "Oh, he kills me." Now, yeah. Either he's talking about he like, just finds Elmer hilarious, or he just knows that at some point Elmer is going to kill him. But I think it's both. Kill him through laughter. Literally? No, I think he likes to imply that. Yeah, but I think he knows there's something more sinister at work. Primer. That's the film. Right, okay, good. I'm glad you got there. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. That's all right. I I, I like it when people shout primer at me. It's good. (laughs) That's the film. That's the film I'm thinking of. Yeah, I'm I'm glad we got there in the end. Um, Sorry. (laughs) That's quite all right. So, yeah, they they chase them into town, and they end up um, backstage of a theatre, and Bugs ends up on stage but while the curtain's shut trying to escape from Elmer because Elmer has developed the ability to turn up in one place and then another immediately. Yeah, so he must have some sort of teleportation power. Similar, like, we, we, we wondered about like elemental sort of teleportation powers like Bugs' yeah. Earth, maybe Daffy's Air or Water. Yeah. Who knows? But uh, yeah, Elmer can definitely do that standard cartoon thing of being at one side of the stage with a gun and then Bugs immediately on the other side, the other. he's just the other side. So he's he's getting he's getting hold of his 
Team Powers. He is. Um, now, Bugs is in the middle of the stage, and then the curtain opens, and Bugs immediately starts performing. Like, he just can't help himself. Yeah, and I think this goes a long way to explaining, like, some of his behaviour. Like, not the really bad stuff, but just, like... Just some of his everyday antics. So, like, he just has to do it. As soon as yeah, the portal opens perform. on him, he's just, like... He just has to yeah. have some goofs. But what's interesting is Elmer seems to have the opposite. As soon as he ends up on stage and the curtain goes up, he clams up. He'll literally do anything he's told yeah. because he's terrified. He but, seems fine through the portal, yeah, he's, but he's, not in like, front of an actual yeah. audience he can see. Like It's really weird. Like If the portal's on him, he's fine. But Yeah, but that's how much different is that to, like... I don't know. I, I, I can imagine there's plenty of people who would be, like, comfortable being on tv but not comfortable in front of a, in front live, of a audience. live audience yeah i suppose so uh, i think uh, i think it's basically the difference yeah but what is interesting uh this gets us quite close to the end of this episode which is where it starts getting really intense yeah so bugs goes off stage into the into the costume room and puts on a costume and pretends to be uh, a sheriff yeah or something like that goes on stage um and basically just goes Right, Elmer, because Elmer's he's be- made being Elmer undressed. Strip. Yeah, uh. Uh, he's been undressed, and he comes on the stage and goes, "Right, I'm arresting you for southern exposure," <laughs> um, and marches him off the stage and then down the aisle of the theatre, which is full of human humans. Yeah, and then you hear, I think it's called the the merry-go-round is broken down, like the, yeah. the standard like Looney Tunes, and they turn yeah. around and it's a Bugs cartoon on the screen, and he goes, "Oh, I'm not missing this," and he sits him down. down. Yeah. Now, if they're viewing a Bugs cartoon, and we're viewing a Bugs cartoon, there's two portals in play. Well, I mean, it's, maybe even three. It's whether or not them showing that Bugs cartoon is the portal opening or whether or not they just because if you if you remember that was black and white so they could just be showing a what, previous a recorded, archival footage yeah they could just be showing a recorded uh bugs bunny cartoon yeah so i mean i guess that gives us a shelf life on how long these things are classified for yeah but i mean the thing is that because it turns out that wasn't bugs dressed up as the sheriff when elmer goes ah oh, i'm on to you and opens the shirt on the the sheriff it's a it's a it's a human in there it's a guy did it's they not, pass it, like, did they pass bugs. over any soil at any point i don't think so but i mean we don't know what bugs has got in his pockets but oh, it, yeah, wasn't, just it wasn't it wasn't he, he jump in there yeah. get a sheriff exactly pop back out bung him in the outfit but then it turned out that bugs was the conductor in the audience or sorry in the you know orchestra pit he was the conductor so it's possible he just nipped up after the change but this is what i mean up and, this uh, is why it's going to get like primer because like you can essentially wind up duplicating yourself yeah but i'm thinking like what was shown there that bugs cartoon i'm thinking it was just they just put an old cartoon on because yeah. it was black and white it but wasn't we still color. had we still had like the fact that it was black and white makes me think it was just a black and white film it was yeah. just a recording from our side sure it i just I know, it opens up a lot of possibilities. Well, it does, it really does. Uh, I mean, I don't know that they're possibilities I'm prepared to deal with, because that's what I mean. I don't want it to get like Primer. I don't no. know if you've ever looked at the written down timeline for the film Primer. I have not. Timeline is a strong word. <laughs> <laughs> Scribble. Oh, I, I don't know. I, I, I do just think that this was... 
them showing uh, the cartoon uh, sh- bugs made good his escape from the outfit bunged a sheriff in there yeah because i mean the thing is like we saw the sheriff go on stage we saw bugs dress as the sheriff in the dressing room we don't know that it, that that he was the sheriff that went on stage yeah he could have been off stage ages ago well because i presume like just for in a standard bugs goof sort of way he left the sheriff disguise and swapped in for an actual sheriff yeah by presumably traveling through the soil finding and, a sheriff grabbing and, him yeah and traveling back through the soil in a, in an instant and leaping back into the clothes of the sheriff yes um but I, I imagine he must have done that at a juncture that allowed him get to get to a projection room and put on a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Yeah, that's, that's, that's knowing that this sheriff loves a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Maybe that's how he got the sheriff to come with him. Possibly. The thing is, like, like, like he is, he is a, a master magician. Like, he's, he's really good at the whole, like, oh, look over here while I'm doing this sleight of hand bit. You know, his, his distraction game is top notch. Yeah, I mean, if we do open the notion that it is possible for Bugs essentially via the medium of travel of time and space, duplicate himself, then it does mean that certain things where we've gone, we know that doesn't happen in that timeline because this, this, and this. And she's like, well, it could, because he could have left a Bugs to get old into the year 2000 and also this completely separate Bugs popping into space. Either or we've got like interdimensional travel, like possibly like when we've seen different Bugs, it could be a Bugs from a different timeline, like not just a different timeline, but a different... I mean, if you if you assume that changing something in a timeline basically splits the timeline, you end up with different dimensions where different things have happened. It could be a bug from a timeline where something bad happened and went, no, nah, I need to go back and fix that. Yeah, because that been, makes a different timeline. We've been basing it on a non-fatalistic time travel ruling, right? Yes. Like, you know, you can change it. You yeah. go back and you change it. But, but who knows? If, if, if every time you change something in the past, it splits a new timeline. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather not. I'd rather not get it into multiple universes simply because it's so easy to explain a lot of stuff away in multiple universes. It is. We just go, oh, it's just a universe where that happened. Well, no, no, I, I'm, I'm thinking that like the portal we're watching I think it's always got to be just a, goes along. I think it's got to be a looping, linear, Terminator-esque yeah. time travel. It has to be. Yeah, well, because, yeah. Because but, otherwise, yeah, he's not it's, fixing anything. No. No, it becomes Rick and Morty at that point, where you just leave the Cronenberg universe. Yeah. Because you fucked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, no. I mean, like, like I said, I think, I think at the end of that one, it was literally just him showing a show. It wasn't the portal opening. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, because easier. it was black and white. But it's food for th- it's food for thought. It is, yeah. It really is. But yeah. I think, I think that's a good place to leave it. That's a good place to leave it. Uh, so we'll be back next week for 1945. Yeah, uh, and the introduction of a beloved new character, but uh, we we'll, look forward we'll, to it. We'll we'll let you come to that next week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, yep. Yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, please do go and take a look at the live show and come on down. Uh, yeah, good buy way to tickets. Spend three quid. It's thirteenth of June. Come and watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit and It'd be good. Listen to a podcast and have a chat. <laughs> um, otherwise, uh, see you next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye.